Now we're really humming along, Duke. Rocking and rolling, baby. Just after 9 o'clock, welcome back to the Kevin Carey Show as we welcome in our co-host on Wednesdays, former NHLer David Schlemko, powered by Cougar Paint and Collision, our family helping your family for over 40 years. Check out cougarcollision.com. Before we get to everything else, we just had the four butter tarts made by my mother-in-law, Sandra Baker, Schlemmer. How many butter tarts do you think you've eaten in your life? A in, lot. In, are you? <laughs> <laughs> and what did you think of the the taste, the texture of this one? Delicious. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Mm. Uh, filling. Lots filling. of lots of nuts and raisins in wow. that one. Uh, and, yeah. Okay. Good though. And Duke, lots, you lots had of texture. Okay, Duke. So your dad's the big butter tart. I, have, guy. I haven't indulged. Oh yet. yeah. Okay. Uh, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna, once uh, you and Slimmer you're going. I'm gonna chow down okay. here. And Donnie P had it. Donovan, the intern, just yep. I've uh, I've engaged in the butter tart, and uh, I'm gonna need to engage in more butter tarts uh, coming up soon here. Beautiful, beautiful. What a ringing endorsement, yes. Donovan, wow. the intern. Donovan, the intern. Yeah, I don't know if you caught it yesterday. We did. We made Donovan do a little research, Schlemmer. Nice. And we said uh, it was because we had Grant Furon. We're talking about all the All Star appearances that Grant, you know, so he's you know eighty four and you know eighty four was in East Rutherford. When we're talking, was it eighty five, eighty five or eighty six, Duke? Eighty six. Well, the one we landed on was eighty six, yeah. and then with uh, because, with Speck, yeah, try, like live in the middle of the interview, we're like, yeah, what? Where was eighty six? So Donovan goes, uh, oh, eighty six reunion arena. Dallas, Texas. Dallas. And we were like, <laughs> it didn't make sense because, you know, you're going live and sometimes things don't click right away. Quick, quick, quick. And, yeah. and I was, yeah, Dallas, I don't think was in the league that time. <laughs> so NBA All-Star <laughs> game. <laughs> ah, Donovan, Close Donovan, enough. Donovan. Um, just kind of got this note uh, about the hockey cards in Regina. I think that's sort of a neat story. Our uh, big exec prod Slats, he'd be all over this one, I would imagine. Duke, that a whole box, like a case, uh, 16 unopened boxes of the 79 Opeachy uh, hockey cards were found in a basement Very in cool. Regina. So, I don't know how they say, probably around 7,600 cards total in this box. Maybe about 20, 15 to 20 possible Gretzky rookie cards, mint, obviously mint condition. Right. Could be worth a few bucks. Could be worth a few bucks. Oh, imagine just sitting on that for all these years. Seriously. It's no other unopened case of 1979-1980 OPC, OPC has ever surfaced in the 21st century. Really? Ever. Well, like, how many, like, what kind of market is out there? Like, how many people are willing to pay... Massive. Multi-million dollars for these hockey cards. Well, so bidding on these cases has surpassed a million dollars on on Monday. That's two days ago, obviously. Thanks, tips. Uh, But, but, I mean, it's funny, you know, even when you think about it, obviously the Wayne Gretzky rookie card here is the big, big thing. Right. But Wayne Gretzky purchased the Honus Wagner card from whatever, a hundred and... 20 years ago and I man I can't I have to look again Donovan what what year did Gretzky yeah, I think he bought it for three or four hundred thousand and then sold it for a million or something like that oh, really? so like he was story. he was buying that's a long time ago that's just off the top of my head but man that is a big man Jordan says you guys will be known as the sticky fingers because of the butter tarts <laughs> 
So we were talking about best on best. We'll touch on this a little bit because a lot of our texts are coming in like crazy. AZ says, as nice it would be to see Connor and Zach play for Canada, think about how cool it would be to see Leon play on Germany. Those are the best kind of stories and scenarios about the Olympics. Very fair. Those yep. are, you know, the small countries and, and things like that. And even when you think about it, this next best on best, whatever they want to call it, with Sweden and the United States and Finland. So Leon doesn't get to play, obviously. Right. Uh, there are many players that are out there for other countries that wouldn't get to play that are <laughs> some of the best in the game. Well, yeah, they're they you know, so, considered as the best on best, right? You know, but when you so when you think about it, it's kind of you know sad that only you know you got guys like. It's a good point, though. Like, you you know. think of like I remember Kopitar playing for like Slovenia in the Olympics. The well, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, then even on the last one, you know, they had the North American young stars, and then they had Europe. You know, they had all those things. Yeah. So they combined some teams, oh, but kind of cool, kind of gimmicky. You know, the you got like one, I mean, I don't know. one of the best players in the game, David Pasternak, wouldn't be playing. Right. You know. You so. don't think. They would get a team? No, no. We're just talking about the best on best thing here. But that, that's what I mean. Like in the format, like how well, many teams would they take? I thought they were just taking Sweden, Finland, U.S., and Canada. Yeah, that, that's what I. Heard. That's what that, the, okay. this next one coming up in yeah. whatever it is, twenty twenty five or whatever. So, uh, anyway, what about like? I mean, do you think? I mean, everyone would you play Connor McDavid if we're talking a best on best here? And let's just use 2026 Olympics. Let's just use that. Just okay. use that. Would you play Connor McDavid and Nathan McKinnon on the same line? 100%. 100 per. Yeah, why? Wouldn't you love to watch that? Yeah, well, apparently <laughs> everyone would. But sometimes, again, when you have players that are so advanced and so good, I mean, okay, Connor does, by far, Connor does, Connor McDavid does everything at the highest speed possible better than anyone, okay? But no one skates with as much power and bulldozing ability as Nathan McKinnon. Right. Okay, so is it a match? I, I think so. I, I do. I think uh, just because they both play so fast, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there's not always going to be that chemistry there, but I mean, it'd be crazy not to try it, and I think it would work. I think, well, yeah, you'd be crazy. But again, and the guys were saying, well, Zach Hyman isn't a lock to make the team if he were to be a fourth liner. That was one of the texts that came in. Duke said, well, he's right up there. And then you look through the list of all the players. It's been done before. Well, but you look at all the top players right now in Canada that are Canadians. There's not a, it's not like it's, it's not as deep as it once was. How's that sound? That's fair. Mm Mm-hmm. What I, I was listening on the way in, I heard Duke say like they have done it before with Kunitz. Um, even like you think Marchand back at the World Cup, he wasn't like a star player yet, but he played well with Bergeron, and that line with Crosby was unbelievable. So I, I could mm-hmm. see Hyman sliding in there. <laughs> H-back Nick uh, comes in and says, look at the World Baseball Classic and how good it was for baseball this past year. Having a storyline of Otani facing his teammate for the final out to win the whole thing. That's the kind of story hockey needs. Teammates battling each other. Well, yes, that's what that's what the best on best. That's that's what we've been missing 
for all these years. Agreed. And the thing is, the players want to do the Olympics, right? The World Cup is one thing. It's something that the PA and the league get together to do to make more money. Honestly, it's, mm-hmm. it's a big fundraiser. The it's PA not- has to understand, and the players have to understand, that for the most part, this is out of the NHL's hand. It's out of their hands. Because this is all IOC, and they say... How many times have you seen the video of Sidney Crosby's gold-winning uh, gold medal goal, the golden goal in 2010? How many times have you seen that video? A lot. No, you haven't. No? No. Why not? Because the IOC doesn't allow anyone to look at it. What? <laughs> That's, those are the rules. That's why when you watch, if you watch a hockey game, w- watch anything at the Olympics, Schlemmer. Watch all, look at the rink board advertising. Okay. Look at the stuff on the ice. And... This is just hockey. Think about every event. The IOC controls. It's a corrupt. It's it's like it's like FIFA. It's a corrupt organization. They control absolutely everything, and that's why the NHL, the owners, the the teams don't want to be involved in it because they have no control. They have zero say in anything. Okay. The players want to play in it. Of course, the players want to play in it. Yeah, I but, thought the insurance and like all uh, the other crap a, was, no. that's just an excuse. Oh, for, yeah, I mean the insurance and all that stuff. It's all about the IOC having 100% control. Like you can't market your player. You can't, it's, Everything is under the IOC umbrella. You can't do anything. The NHL is an afterthought when it comes to the IOC. They could give a rat's ass about the NHL. Oh, yeah, but the NHL doesn't like that. Well, exactly. <laughs> that's why they don't go... <laughs> Hmm. Wow. Uh, we were talking. Do you remember 1998 when uh, Rob Zamner was taken? Oh, I was listening. <laughs> I, I actually don't really you don't remember, remember that, that but was I was listening thing. on the way in. Yeah, and that, talking about. Yeah, that was a big thing. Back I was in. actually shocked to hear you say that. So, well, nothing against Rob Zamner. <laughs> no, you know, he, he was a very good player, player. But at the time, the uh, the people that were putting the team together felt that they wanted. Okay, now we need a checker. Yeah, you know, Chris Draper was in there, you know, right. in the Olympics. We need, we have to build our roster like we would build an NHL roster. Instead of saying no, we'll take the top fourteen guys up front. We'll take the top eight guys, and these guys can figure it out. Even but, Babcock was a little off and a little wrong, but he, oh, I got to have three left-handed D, three right-handed D. All right. I don't know. That's well. That's come on, Schlemmer. I think like. I I could see it going both ways. If you want to round out your roster, I mean, that's how a guy like Hyman gets in. You want mm-hmm. a guy who can forecheck and hang on to the puck down low. Maybe he gets in over someone that's a little naturally more talented. Joey texts in and says, you can 100% watch the Crosby goal from the 2010 Olympics on YouTube. You just can't watch it with the announcer's call. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's exciting, Joey. Isn't well, I don't know. Like, how many times do you see that pass that Lemieux let through the back of his legs go to Korea there? I see that all the time. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't. See, I don't see these. Maybe that's because I'm on the internet. I was just gonna say, <laughs> is it like Kevin's not seen these highlights come across uh, his morning paper? <laughs> well, like, so, but what you're. The biggest part of this is that you're not promoting the stars of the game. You're not promoting the best players in the world. Yeah. No, that's the fair. IOC I see, doesn't I see do your that. point. I'm yeah. just bugging you. I know. Everyone's. <laughs> every, listen, it's been. An, we're only on Wednesday. We still got two more days to go of this All Star break, <laughs> Schlemmer. Uh, did you. 
like All Star break again. We talked touched on it last week a little bit. Wasn't was it always? It wasn't this long when you guys had. You didn't have ten days, did you? No, like well, the way it works now is there's a bye week, so half the teams have their bye week before the All Star break, okay. leading in, and half will have it after. So you get like an eight day total break, or before it was just mm-hmm. like four days, I think, for the All Star break. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey says, just brush off the fact you were completely wrong. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, wrong. I was wrong. But I really enjoy listening to all these or watching the highlights with no audio, I guess. <laughs> Do you remember who did the golden goal call? The one and only. Yeah. CC. Chris Cuthbert. Chris Cuthbert. No, I wouldn't have been able to tell you that. Sorry. Man, that feels like it's, well, it's only 14 years ago, I guess. Well, it's like it's been 10 years since we had NHL players in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. I remember that. That's a travesty. I was well, called up for that one, getting bag skated in Phoenix. Oh, really? All the all the good <laughs> players were playing in the Olympics. <laughs> how many how many guys did you have from that team go? Oh, we had a bunch. We had a bunch of Czech guys. Yeah. Uh probably four or five, I think. Smitty was there, right? In fourteen. Uh, in fourteen. Yeah. Yeah, fourteen I was actually on the team. That was I went to Hawaii that break. 2010, I was like a call-up oh, just gotcha. to get like bag skated and practice. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of fun there. Yeah. Fill out some numbers. I still got paid. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most important part, isn't it? Uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little Blue Jays baseball. Big announcement yesterday with the signing of Justin Turner and just where are the Jays moving forward in the sense that, yeah, there's still a hole or two to fill. Like the pitching staff, they just need maybe a little defense yet at third, but uh, we'll talk all of that with uh, Cam Lewis from Blue Jays Nation coming up on the Kevin Carey Show with co-host David Schlemko on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program, 920 in Edmonton. Let's talk a little Blue Jays baseball with uh, Cam Lewis from Blue Jays Nation. Cam, good morning. You're with Kevin Carey and former NHLer David Schlemko. Welcome to Sports 1440. Thanks for hopping back on. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. How's it going? Well, we're doing great here, and uh, Blue Jays with the big announcement yesterday with the Justin Turner signing, and I think maybe more people happy about it than maybe not happy about it. But what was your take on the signing yesterday? It's a uh, it's been a weird off season for the Jays because you look at almost every move they make in the context of this player is not showing no time. You sign. You know, Justin Turner, bring back Kevin Kiermaier, Isaiah Tanner, for left of the guys they've signed. And none of them are Shelby Otani, of course, but you look at these movement of actors and they're all solid players. Justin Turner is an interesting acquisition because he's spent time in the American League. He's played for the Red Sox last year. He brings a lot of intangibles to the team, a lot of leadership. Bobachet uh, spoke last week on a Sportsnet radio show and mentioned by name Justin Turner as one of the guys that he thought would be a nice addition to the Blue Jays, both on and off the field. So, I mean, I think there's going to be some negativity from fans because they want the big name, not necessarily, you know, a 39-year-old DH, but, I mean, Justin Turner is a good player. The Blue Jays need guys that can make contact, have good at bat. That's what they missed down the stretch in the playoffs last year. What about the... Off-field, and you mentioned a little bit about the off-field there, uh, Cam, about kind of being a glue guy in the clubhouse. Uh, how big of a factor is that? I think it's a pretty important thing. I mean, the, the Major League Baseball season's been right. You're playing 162 games over the course of a few months, and it's pretty much day in, day out. It, it, it just doesn't really end for a few months there. And 
one thing the Blue Jays have learned over the last few years being a young team is, and, and Bogusha talked about this in his interview last week, the team, the young guys in the team need to take seriously what it takes to get through an entire marathon fully healthy. It's really hard. I think you have a guy like Justin Turner, 39 years old now, and he's you know, still a very productive hitter in the major league. Been to the World Series a few times. Won the World Series with the Dodgers in the 2020 season. So, I mean, for a young team like that, you just need guys like that to show you the way. I think the best version of this Blue Jays team we've seen, the Bowen Black Blue Jays, was that year in 2021 they had, you know, guys like Marcus Semien on the roster. And I think ever since a player like Semien left in free agency, they've, they've kind of missed that, 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 that leadership within the club. Oh, Cam, there's been a couple of disappointing exits or exits from the playoffs the last couple of years. And, you know, the fan base not real happy with the way the season ended the last game and then missing out on Shohei. Um, is there a feeling for management that you almost have to make kind of a big splash to get the fan base back excited about this team? That's, that's really what I thought this winter is. You have the Shohei thing and... You know, they were in the mix. They are apparently one of the final three teams. Rodgers was apparently prepared to offer the same contract the Dodgers did. And then I think a lot of fans thought, you know, look, you struck out on Shohei, but you were prepared to spend $700 million. So why not go spend half of that or a third of that or whatever on Cody Bellinger or something? And right. it just seems like the Blue Jays came into this offseason thinking, okay, Shohei, and then it didn't happen, and then it was minor additions. Which is a bit surprising because you look at Toronto just renovated the stadium. They spent hundreds of millions of dollars into improving these premium seats, and the tickets are going to get more expensive. And if you're a fan of the team, you just watched get swept in the playoffs in back-to-back years by the Minnesota Twins and Seattle Mariners. And you're like, am I really going to spend a whole bunch of money on premium seats this year when they've only added death players in the offseason? Like. It's not a great look for the team, really. It's, it's, it's not going to be easy for the, for the ticket salespeople to um, go out and get people to spend money with you. Cam Lewis, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show with co-host David Schlemko on Sports 1440. Cam, where are you at with, you know, a lot of people are worried about the left-handed batting in the lineup as far as a little bit of, uh, you know, going from righty to lefty, righty to lefty. Uh, You know, Kevin Biggio is kind of a platoon guy and same with Kermeyer right now. Varsho is probably the only full-time left-handed bat they've got moving forward unless they add another one here. But where do you stand with that? really seemed to make sense and then Jays went somewhat early in the offseason. I guess not very early, but early January they they, they bring back Kiermaier and you think he's gonna give him a bang and he's gonna see a decent amount of time in center field and, and then Varsha too he, they traded away so much to get him last year and he brings the most value play in center as opposed to left. But the what what I think most thought was Cody Bellinger takes left handed bat center fielder, that's who you'll go after but it just didn't happen. It makes me wonder if the Jays are skeptical about making these sort of financial commitments this winter to free agents. Is it because of they, they, they've marked this money to re-sign Bowen Vlad? Is that the plan that's coming up? Like, Vlad is headed to arbitration in the next mm-hmm. month here. They're both two years in free agency. It, it, it's really hard to predict what direction the team's going to go. It almost seems that they've positioned themselves if things go poorly this year, then they're ready to go into a rebuild pretty quickly. It, it, it kind of looks like that. 
Where are we at, Cam, as far as Vladdy's uh, arbitration goes? He wants just under 20. Teams offer an 18. Regardless, it's going to top what uh, Teoscar Hernandez uh, picked up. Where, where are we at? Uh, when's this going to get settled? So um, the Blue Jays have a team policy where if they, they can't come to an agreement with an arbitration-eligible player by the deadline, which is in late December, they came with everybody else on the team uh, that's arbitrable except for Vladdy. And then at some point in February, the two sides will go into this meeting. But before that, they'll open the discussions back up to maybe reach a contract. As last year um, <clears throat> with Bo Bichette, they came to terms on that three-year deal. Uh, before they reached arbitration with Vladdy, it's really hard to say. There's, like I said, two years left until he could become free agent. And the last two years he's had have been not the best. And, and he's come out this offseason and said part of his performance last year was due in part to some nagging injuries to his wrist and to his knee. And he says he's healthy this year. So the hope is that Vladdy has a huge season. But it's, it's an awkward situation for the Blue Jays to go into because I don't think he's necessarily done enough warrant that huge long-term contract, but if you're the Jays, do you really want to go into arbitration with one of your main players and tell them all of that? Is it really worth it over $2 million? It's a tricky situation. All right. Um, Kim, now how about uh, on the mound here? Uh, they've added Rodriguez, um, usually a strength of the Blue Jays, I'd say, but uh, do you see them adding anyone else on the pitching staff? It looks like the pitching staff is probably that like the pitching was the big strength of the team last year. You have that rotation that features veteran guys got Dawes and Sadman, Rio, Jose Kikuchi, the the X Factor here now is Alec Manoa. If you know, two years ago finished his third and side of voting. And then last year opening day starter, something goes wrong, the entire season's a disaster and this year, it's hard to say what to expect, but if you think about Alec Manoa, having that guy on your roster with the chip on his shoulder after what went down last year, I think it's reasonable to assume he'll be a good pitcher. So there's five there. I think Rodriguez, he didn't pitch last season, but he's back the year of trying to leave Japan to come to the majors. Uh, I think he fits nicely into that kind of rock scribbling role they had two years ago where he's like the sixth starter, maybe use a reliever, that kind of thing. But... They also have a decent amount of prospects in the mid-upper minors that give a try this year. So I would expect that in free agency or trade before the start of spring training, it's, it's probably only position player options. Cam Lewis, our guest on Sports 1440. Where are they with Alec Manoa? Can he even get close to where he was a couple of years ago? That's a really good question. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's really hard to say. Manoa's an interesting pitcher because he's kind of a pitch-to-contact guy, I think, of it's just a similar profile to a lot of the guys in the team, maybe uh, like a much Chris Bassett type that relies on the defense behind him. And it's, it's, it's weird because Jays had great defense last year, and Manoa struggled mightily despite having that behind him. And you wonder if maybe the issue was, you know, getting used to the pitch clock. He's a big guy. He's usually pretty slow about his pitches in between, uh, taking his time walking around the mound, you know, thinking about what he's going to do next and the pitch clock speeding that up. And I would hope for his sake, and I guess the sake of the Blue Jays and, and what they're going to get about Alec Manoa next year is that a big part of his offseason training was dealing with pitching with pitch clock. It does seem like that was a big problem last year. If, if, if the Jays can get anything close to what he was mm-hmm. in his first two seasons, that's great. But at this point, honestly, all you really need is for him to be like a number four starter in your rotation, I think. 
Last year, it was only four starters for most of the year, and that was tough on, on those four runs. And has has there been a statement out of Manoa's camp about um, what he's been dealing with this offseason besides the pitch clock? Is anything mentally, or is that all he's come out with? There was some stuff earlier in the offseason. I think it was shortly after they got knocked out of the playoffs that he, he, he um, had some, some nagging issues going on in the Blue Jays and the doctors and didn't necessarily agree that it was worthy okay. of going on the injured list and there's a whole cloud of confusion there. There was a lot of a lot of a lot of suggestion that we might look to move on in the off season, but I, I, I think it's it's pretty difficult to to do well in a trade for a player after that season and right. the the hope is that they can they can they salvage the relationship because Alec Manoa this, this time last year looked like he might have been an even more important player to the Blue Jays long term than Bowen last. This, this looked like a you know, 23, 24 year old young pitcher, and getting back to that would be huge. I mean, started opening day. What more do you want? Uh, yeah. uh, Cam Lewis with us uh, from Blue Jays Nation on Sports 1440. Uh, I'm a big fan of Ricky Tiedemann. Does he make the opening day roster, or does he still need a little more seasoning? I think it's, it's honestly reasonable to assume he's got the skills to pitch in the big leagues already. But the the, the trouble with Tiedemann is he he dealt with some injuries last year. and didn't pitch all that many innings. And I would <clears throat> I would guess from the Blue Jays' perspective, since he isn't on the forty man just uh, just yet, that they'll give him some some action in the big league game spring training, see how he fares, start things off with Buffalo, and if he's killing it at the end, it's amazing. There's no reason to keep him down. Like we're just talking about Manoa. Remember a couple of years ago in 2021 when he came up, it was six starts and six seven starts in Buffalo that were fantastic, and they were like, yep, let's do it. And I wouldn't be shocked if there's even an opening at the 10 and they need another lefty, maybe that's the role for him. Maybe it's a mid-innings guy. If somebody gets injured, then he can fill in. It's, uh, it's definitely an interesting option to have because there's a lot of upside there. Hey, uh, Cam, really appreciate your time. Thanks for uh, hopping on. And, uh, boy, pitching uh, pitchers and catchers report. We've got a couple weeks, and then we're ready to rock and roll here. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks for this. Uh, appreciate your time, Cam. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me on. That's Cam Lewis from Blue Jays Nation. Boy, and it just feels like winter just blew by again. Here we go. Say, it feels like we were just talking about them losing in playoffs. Yeah, wasn't everyone still talks about that last game? You know. <laughs> Wonder how long I could have asked him to. You know, Schneider might have a bit of a shorter leash after what happened last year in the playoffs. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. But Lots I mean, of people surprised that he's still even around. <laughs> the thing is that he has a, a relationship with the players stemming from the minors, right? He came uh, yeah. up and he knows these guys, and the players like him. They care about they him. Play, the players like him, and even when you think when Jose Barrios got yanked against Minnesota, he said all the right things, did the right things. Body language was right. Said this was the right kind of thing to do, even though everyone kind of, even everyone knew it wasn't the right call. Yeah. But moving forward, I would like to see exactly how he uses his pitching staff and maybe gets rid of gets rid of the analytics a little more. Goes for a little feel. A feel, yeah. A feel. <laughs> um, a lot of text coming in from. Our line, one 1440 uh, We will have Dick Irvin on at 10 o'clock. Montreal Canadiens broadcasting legend, broadcasting legend. Uh, do, do you remember him at all when you were in Montreal, Schlemmer? 
Um, not really. At, th- at that huh? point, he had stepped away yeah. and, and things like that. But still, always, you know, when you bring up the Canadians, it's Dick Irvin and broadcasting and, yeah. you know, Danny Gallivan and, and things like that from, you know, all their great teams in the 50s and 70s. But, like, so his dad used to coach Montreal when when Dick Irvin Jr. was just a small boy. Yeah, and, so he was here. Assistant equipment manager. Yeah, you know, and he was eight or nine years old, I think, yeah. or ten years old. So he's been under the the CH. He's been in the show his whole for life. Like eighty years. You know, his whole <laughs> life has been like, and he will still be able to tell you who played left wing with Rocket Richard and da 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 in nineteen forty five. Oh, so, hey? it's, it's it's really truly amazing. When we come back, it's time for Are You In or Are You Out, Duke? Have you got? Uh, yeah, and plus, we'll have to do the ski report right now, I guess, too. Yeah. Is that, are you excited about that, that I would remember that? I'm or, always excited, Kev. <laughs> well, I, I was, five straight hours uh, I'm in the studio every day, and I'm brimming yeah. with excitement nonstop. Before we go to break, and <laughs> are you in or out? It's time now for the Ski Report. Here is the Duke. This is the Sports 1440 Ski Report. Your Ski Report for Wednesday, January 31st, brought to you by Snow Valley Ski Club. Start your skiing journey at snowvalley.ca. It's the last day of January, but spring skiing conditions are here. Recent mild temperatures are turning firm winter snow into soft spring surface. That's a far cry from powder, but still fun to carve big turns in. In Jasper, Marmot Basin now has all lifts operating, including the new knob quad chair. A trace of new snow and high winds are expected again today and may affect lift opening times. Banff Resorts have no new snow in the last few days, and all lifts are open at Lake Louise, Sunshine Village, and Norquay. Lake Louise is warning that there may be delayed openings on their train park due to the icy conditions in the morning. No new snow in Nakiska, and Castle Mountain Resort has limited access to lower mountain runs due to sparse snow coverage. At Kicking Horse, the warm weather has caused heightened avalanche risk in some of the upper mountain bowls, so look for some closures in the high alpine today. Similar story at Revelstoke, where they are suggesting staying on groomed runs. Kimberly and Fernie, both with variable conditions, limited grooming in an attempt to protect the snow they do have. And at Panorama, the only place with new snow overnight, but they have only amounted to one centimeter. Warm weather and rain have hit northern BC as Powder King and Pine Pass is reporting spring-like conditions and rain is in the forecast for tomorrow. The freeze-thaw cycle we are currently in is making for hard, icy conditions in the morning until the snow softens up in the afternoon. So later in the day will probably be when you'll get the best skiing in right now. That is your Snow Valley Ski Report. You know, Duke, I was thinking, do you know who did the original song here of this track? I do. Oh, do you know Schlemmer? No. <laughs> I know this is Lenny Kravitz. Yeah, Lenny Kravitz. The best version. No, come on. Oh, Duke, that's blasphemy. That was the guess who. And did you know, I think, check, okay, Donovan, here's another one for you. 1968 or 69, somewhere in there. The guess who, Canadian legendary rock band out of Winnipeg sold more records than the Beatles and the Rolling Stones worldwide. It's awesome. Do you believe that, Duke? I believe it. I'll believe almost anything. <laughs> that I say? Or? Oh, yeah. yeah. Are they Definitely. still not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, too? I have. You mean in Cleveland? Yeah. Phew, no idea. I feel like Is Lenny Kravitz Canadian? No. He was, so. I, the only thing I know about Lenny Kravitz, he was married to one of the Cosby kids, Lisa Bonet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> huh. There's a fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> Time now for Are You In or Are You Out? We had some great times. We're about to have some more. 
I know that look and put it together a team, then I'm in. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Are you in or are you out? On Sports 1440. I'm out. Oh, there you go. Better get to this quick text first. Uh, Lenny Kravitz's mom was Helen Willis from the Jeffersons. That comes from Rockford. There you More go. useless. Lots of, uh, <laughs> like, lots of ties. Lisa Monet, useless information on a show like this. But uh, <laughs> let's let her uh, buck here, Duke. You betcha, Kev. Uh, as we continue to roll through the Oilers' uh, bye week slash all-star break, um, the hot button topic is still the all-star game and weekend uh, borrowing from the nba and mlb's models the nhl should have itself a celebrity all-star game component to the all-star weekend festivities hmm. you know they they were doing this at a lot of other events i remember ben scrivens telling me a story i think it would have been for uh i don't know maybe it was the heritage classic or something or was something else a year ago but jim cuddy from blue rodeo was organizing a game and scrivens got to play in it he thought it was the best thing ever so i think they've kind of done a lot of these over the years at all-star games yeah where they do bring in the celebrities I don't know. I think I think I'm all uh, celebrityed out. Uh, after all, with what's going on with the Beebs and all these guys, who else? What's the woman's name from Calgary, Duke? Tate McRae. Tate McRae. Never heard her, about her or knew of her till this coming into this All Star game. Aren't you country music guy? I didn't know she was country. She's not. Oh. <laughs> she's from Calgary. She's oh. like as pop, but she's like she's huge, like like global pop star. Oh, she's right pop, pop. But she's country. she's very young. And who are the other celebrity She's She's captains? I can't remember. Will Arnett. Will Arnett. Yeah, I think that's a, a great one. Yeah. I think a lot of a lot of people like that right. one. Um, and uh, the boobs, Michael Bublé. Bublé, yeah, <laughs> yeah, boobs, boobs and beebs together again. <laughs> uh, so I'm all celebrated out, so I'm out on this one. These the celebrities can just worry about the the draft tomorrow night, and then. Go around, kiss some babies, <laughs> shake some hands. That's enough. I'm all celebrity out. I'm out. Tate McCray is also performing. Oh, yeah. well, there, there you go. go. You get to see her, Kev. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I actually heard Sean Avery was trying to set her up with uh, Quinn Hughes, too. Wouldn't su- well, that's what I said. Was that uh, on a Wednesday or Thursday? I said that she should have been their team captain. Yeah. That would just sewer his Norris Trophy season <laughs> right down. On- what, look at Travis Kelsey's in the Super Bowl. Yeah, but look how many bad weeks he had. So? Team above individual, yeah, Kevin. It wasn't team at the time, was it? Wasn't it actually no. that some other athlete was with Tate McCray and cheated Cole on Sillinger. Him? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Okay, anyways. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I don't know if the rest <laughs> of that's true, but uh, young our, our youth uh, youth insider, Donovan Paulson, told me a while back that, yes, uh, him, her and Cole Sillinger were romantically involved. Yeah, I read that somewhere, too. Anyways, getting back, <laughs> getting back on task here. Uh, I'll I'll say I'm in on this one actually. Anything to get the All Star game to be more interesting because it is brutal. I never watch <laughs> it. I like the skills competition. I do think I don't love like how they take the props out and all that for the skills. I think that's a little bit cheesy. But I think they're stopping that now. Like yeah. the shooting on the beach last year and yeah. Vegas from the fountains. Yeah, like that. That's a little cheesy to me. But I think anything to get more people watching the game because the game is brutal. Like, there, there's quite a few high-profile people who are, like, noted hockey fans and can skate. Like, Steve Carell, tons of, like, country music artists in Nashville. Uh, obviously, a lot of them growing up in Canada and stuff. Uh, yeah, know how to skate. Point. I'm pretty sure Buble can play. Beaver can play. Like, just get these guys. Like, look at the, the NBA celebrity game, like, with Kevin Hart and stuff. That 
does numbers like people watch that oh yeah and and i don't think as many people i don't even know if you can watch like the celebrity slow pitch game they do at uh, yeah. uh the midsummer classic but it's still like a super fun element that uh, gets some more eyes on the game and um if, if the key would be actually getting celebrities that people care about watching like exactly, if you're just, yeah. if you're just getting a bunch of uh canadian no offense <laughs> b listers and stuff yeah. that's that's one thing but if you get some of these big names and then fill it out with i don't know like a couple alumni players um some of the the gals from the pwhl because they do that at the celebrity game as well WNBA, <laughs> they play in that game I'd like to see Tom Glavin play. That's the only guy I'd like to see. Former Major League Baseball pitcher for the Braves and a 10th round draft pick of the LA Kings. 10th rounder. That's there pretty cool. So, there you go. That would be cool. So yeah, stuff like that. Why not? Get it uh get it uh, get it going. Uh on the topic of All-Star weekend and what David Schlemko just said, loving the skills competition, a new look for the skills comp this year. Uh, with kind of the handful of players participating all in the same events. I'm saying David Schlemko himself <laughs> at the height of his powers, as I coined it on the sheet. Uh, he would have been a force to be reckoned with in this skills competition. He is a great blend of uh, skill set from the black back end. I think he'd uh, do terrifically. I, I have to go first. <laughs> I mean, I am totally in on this, obviously. I was waiting for the Superman music to, like the, the bed of the Superman music to come in there when you said the height of his powers. I think Schlemmer would be great at, well, the passing event. Remember that when Leon just dominated the passing event there a while back? I think Schlemmer would be just dynamite JJ with the passing event. And the other ones too, I think he'd be just fine because you're a very skilled player still at, you know, mm. playing the rec games. Like, so fastest <laughs> skater, hardest shot, stick handling, one-timers, passing challenge, accuracy shooting. I think the accuracy he'd be good at too because he likes to dust the puck off a lot of times. <laughs> Oh, so yeah. Maybe, so you maybe quite the one, a bit of time out there. So maybe, the one, maybe the one-timers then, not. Well, yeah, he was your deep partner at the alumni game. We didn't spend a lot of time in the no, offensive no, zone. We, we didn't get to touch the puck too much that game. Exactly. <laughs> um, I'm gonna, I got to go out on this. Oh, one, man. I'm sorry. Uh, I, maybe like half of the events. Yeah, like you said, passing, puck handling, shootout. But like skating, I was I was never fast. <laughs> I definitely you, wouldn't be. Now. You would have to get you'd have to get through the round one where uh, what is it? So the top eight point earners advance to the the seventh event, which is the one on one, which I, is obviously got to make it to the shootout. Right? That's that's where you yeah. would excel with the patented yeah. the patented shootout move. Hardest shot, I'd be in pretty tough. One timers, I'd be in pretty tough. <laughs> Maybe we'll get we can find the the Schlemmer shootout goal, but with no audio now <laughs> for Joey, and then we'll get uh, someone to dub it to yeah. new new play by play over top. Perfect. <laughs> uh, already shifting our attention to the NFL here as they're kind of in a bye week themselves ahead of the Pro Bowl this weekend. Um, reports: Bobby Slowick of the Houston Texans and Ben Johnson will be of the Detroit Lions. Pardon me, will be remaining with their teams as OCs and not taking any of the remaining vacant head coaching jobs which leaves a couple teams kind of left uh, scratching around and only a few big veteran names still to be had. I think one of Pete Carroll or Bill Belichick will be the new head coach of the Washington Commanders because the big rumor was that was Ben Johnson's job and uh, he's sticking with the big cats in Detroit. All right, Duke, I'm going to say I'm in just because you are my NFL insider, baby. <laughs> um, I definitely think one of these guys is going to end up somewhere, so Washington is a good enough spot for me. 
Because there's only two left. Mm-hmm. The Seahawks, obviously Carol's out there. Yeah. Uh, Come on back, Pete. You know, it's, they, they, actually on second thought, would you mind yeah. still being the coach? But like, there's a good, like one of these guys, if not maybe both of them, are not going to have a job. Well, okay, I'm going to go. Two I'm, of the best coaches of all time. I'm out. I think both are watching are this out. year. And I'll, I'll just think of this. In my mind, if I'm, after, these, after both Slowick and Johnson get interviewed, they, how's this on? If I'm in charge, if I'm running the show, I'm not even interviewing these guys. If Carol or Belichick is on my number already, one, list, already on if your he's radar. my number one guy. Sorry, guys, I'm not taking you. Belichick's my guy. I I wouldn't think Carol would be, but I'm taking I'm taking Belichick. And that's the way I'm. My thought process is I've gone on this um, uh, route the whole time, so I'm going to say I'm out because I don't, I don't think either of them will surface there. Because, like, Belichick was tied to the commanders before the, like, basically the whole second half of the season. It's like, yeah, this is where he'll go. Rivera's obviously going to be mm-hmm. out in Washington. Belichick likely done with the Patriots. Uh, his ties to the area, Annapolis, uh, the academy and stuff. So, like, I think Ben Johnson was their main target. But now if he's sticking around, they're like, actually, <laughs> would Bill come there? He, Because I think the big reason a lot of teams uh, waved on Belichick was that he still wanted to be the GM too, right? All these teams already have GMs. Yeah. Washington, maybe they say, you know what? Yeah, we'll give you pretty much control of the crew. New owner, money willing to spend, second pick in the draft. Like, I, I think the landing spot still makes sense for Belichick. Um, but, uh, but yeah. <laughs> great argument, Duke. Yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin's having a great laugh at We'll wrap up. Uh, <laughs> from the hammer. We'll get to that in a second. I couldn't stop um, New News coming out here. Uh, Baltimore Orioles looking like they'll be under some new ownership in the not-so-distant future. Uh, very uh, hefty sale. Well over a billion dollars. Uh, Orioles a team on the rise, but often hampered by their cheap ownership. I think under the new, uh, new management, new ownership, they'll win themselves an AL pennant in the next five seasons. Uh, I'm going to go 100%. That, so that means you're going to the World Series? Going to the just, World Series. Okay, so. yeah. So I still think that they can get to the World Series. I think an AL East pennant is another the question oh, either to win that. But they have two of the best young players right now in the game in Gunnar Henderson and Adley Rutschman. Anytime you can have a catcher like Rutschman who controls the game, ever since he came into the picture here in Baltimore, he has been – he's kind of turned the team around. He's, you know – you watch Adley Rutschman after after a game or an inning. After an inning, mostly you'll see him. He goes out to the pitcher and he's you know he walks him back, pats him on the butt. Great pitch, great inning. Da da da. Gunnar Henderson had an incredible rookie season last year. They need uh, an arm or two. They need an arm or two. The other thing with Baltimore that might hurt them, and maybe they change it, is the configuration of the ballpark. They went to a deeper left field with just crazy dimensions that's deeper and higher maybe that changes i'm not sure if they can do that after going back the other way but i'm gonna go yeah i'm in on it duke i, I think they there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle here that that uh, and if felix bautista comes back in a year probably the most dominant closer probably gonna miss the entire year here that's why uh they went out and signed uh the old guy craig kimbrell so I, i'm in i think that they got the, the tools there to do it yeah, I'm in 100% on this one, too. I think the Orioles have been probably the best young team in baseball for the last couple of years here. Had a tough showing in the playoffs here last year, but um, I, I think I think I'm in on this 
Also have one of the best arms, young arms in Greece and Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah, exciting, uh, exciting young player there. Just to fit in with everything else they've been doing, and they still got a, a couple more guys down the pipeline that haven't even uh, popped off yet. Uh, today, 1917, Jackie Robinson, born. Uh, we talk a lot in the show about sports movies and debating the validity of them. We For, do. 42, the movie uh, of Jackie Robinson's uh, life and career. Uh, I think it stacks up beside pretty well the best of any of them, and I think it should crack anybody's top 10 list of sports movies. Have you seen it, Schlemmer? Yeah, I've okay. seen it. It is really good. I think I'll, I'll go in on this. I think it cracks the list of the top 10. I'm out. I just think that there's so many other great sports movies. It's close for it's a, me. It's a good one. It's, it's a, a good it's, movie. It's a life movie. Uh, I, I mean, I just if you're if you're going to stack up a list of top ten movies for a lot of sports fans, I'm not sure if this makes the list. Doesn't for me. Sorry. Give me your top ten. Well, I can't do it right. <laughs> Plus, we're up against it. We got to get the we're up, we're up against here. But I, I just thought like Chadwick yeah. Boseman uh, yeah. in the role of Jackie Robinson was nothing, pretty well impeccable. Absolutely good nothing flick. wrong. Uh, yeah, because we got to get to Dick Irvin at the top of the hour. Just got to mention this one text from Hammer that came in uh, that said, uh, maybe we just do Schlemmer versus Laddie. 14, <laughs> 1440 all-star competition. Other than high off the glass and dump and chase, what other events would there be? Hey, hey, that's fine for Laddie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're going to see what Laddie has to say about that tomorrow. Uh, good stuff, good, good topics, Duke. Good answers uh, by Schlemmer. That was lots of fun. Top of the hour. Been waiting for this for a few days now. Dick Irvin, broadcasting legend, will join us uh, in uh, five minutes and lots of comments that we got to get to with Dick. The people just... Uh, just texting in to say hello. Hey, Dick, oh, yeah. I, uh, my dad knew you in Regina, blah, blah, blah. So we'll get to those uh, when we come back at the top of the hour. First off, time now for a Sports 1440 update brought to you by the Snow Valley Ski Club. All runs and lifts are open and ready for family fun seven days a week. Visit snowvalley.ca for, for details. Here is the Duke.